You're going to want to hear this. Our next in-person mastermind is coming up and we're doing things a little differently. Tickets are available to everyone. No membership required. Picture this, a day and a half of learning, networking, and problem solving with like-minded law firm owners who are as passionate about building the best law firm possible as you are. We'll kick things off with a presentation from sales and marketing expert, Dave D. If you don't know Dave, be sure to go back to episode 605 of the Maximum Lawyer podcast to hear him share how lawyers can stand out in a crowded market. Following his keynote and Q&A are the Mastermind Hot Seats. Every attendee has the opportunity to dive deep into their business obstacles with their mastermind group and coach. There's nothing like the energy of being with other driven law firm owners who are just as committed to their success as you are. We believe that nothing beats working on your firm in person, so join us in Charlotte on July 15th and 16th. This is your chance to break through barriers, gain fresh perspectives, and accelerate your law firm's success. Visit MaxLawEvents.com for full event details and to grab your ticket today. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimbo? Good morning, Tyson. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Did my cold plunge this morning, did my workout, did my boots, my Normatec boots. It, it was a good morning. What about you? Busy, busy over here. Softball season's coming to an end. It's homecoming weekend this weekend, so my daughter's a freshman, and so this is her first homecoming. So there's lots of family drama, bickering, complaining, and sort of high nerves. So it'll be an interesting weekend, to say the least. All right, so I've got to ask, did she let her? Did she let her as a freshman? Oh, sure. She's a she's a varsity starting third baseman, so she'll get her letter at the end of the month. Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, let's get started with our guest today. Our guest today is Jason Chung. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you, Tyson? I'm doing great. So you and you and Jimmy uh, know have known each other way way longer than uh, than I've known you because I'm just now meeting you, Jimmy. I'm gonna let you introduce Jason and and talk about your the work that you've done with him. We have a lot of experts that come on the show, and and some of them we know, most of them we don't. I'm lucky that Jason agreed to come on the show today. We're lucky that he agreed. I came across Jason because there was a lawyer that I didn't know but who was posting on LinkedIn, and I really liked her post. And I thought, wow, this person speaks about what goes on at immigration the way that I speak about what goes on in immigration. And what I mean by that is that a lot of lawyers just sort of talk about the great immigration system and how the you know naturalization, and let's just show all the good sides of USCIS. And this lawyer, her name's Sue Yi, she, she told it like it really was. I remember her talking about some racist shit that happened at one of her interviews. And I think that was the one that that got me the most interested. So I started messaging her back and forth. And then she confided in me that she was working with this guy named Jason and that Jason was helping her with her LinkedIn post. So Jason and I started working together and it really, really helped our LinkedIn presence take off. And and that's what we're going to talk about today is how lawyers can use LinkedIn and why lawyers should use LinkedIn and why lawyers 
should use LinkedIn without having to do it all themselves. So Jason, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Jim. Thank you for having me, Tyson. It's great to be here. So I'm going to ask a variation of the question I normally ask. I ask, I usually ask people to ask their, to tell us about their journey, but tell us how you got into LinkedIn. Why LinkedIn? What, what is it about LinkedIn that, that fascinates you so much? And what is your background? Sure. It's a combination of two parts of my background. So the first part of my background that uh, I talk to a lot of clients about is I used to want to be a lawyer. My first job out of college was at Davis Polk, one of the corporate law firms. So I was a legal assistant there. But even before that, I was very involved in bar associations. So I would go to lawyer events every single week. And that's how I met all these great lawyers with all these great stories. And by them telling me what they were doing every single day, I was already drawn to them. And I was already drawn to referring business to them or potential people that I thought had problems that they could solve. And then that's when I started thinking about, okay, if this is the kind of impact they're having just by talking to me one-on-one, what kind of impact could they have at scale? What if 100,000 people heard them say, speak this exact story at just 70% of that effectiveness? What kinds of, what kind of business would come just from that? And LinkedIn, because it's really the only corporate professional platform out there that corporate professionals use. There is no other platform out there where you could get exposure to lots of corporate professionals, lots of not just corporate professionals, but established professionals, entrepreneurs, all kinds of people who just have amazing professional track records. There is no other platform out there where you could get that kind of exposure and also be able to filter out people who you might want not want to interact with. So say on X or Twitter or YouTube, you don't know that person's background just by clicking on their profile unless they have a huge channel or a huge following. On LinkedIn, you can just go and look at that person's profile. You can look at that person's profile to see if they went to the same school as you or if there's anything in common with the two of you. And also, if they haven't put that much effort into their profile, that's already a big sign that potentially that is maybe someone you don't want to engage with or is a bot. So two parts of that to that one part of the answer, that is, it's the only corporate professional network out there that has a lot of engagement, and also because you can actually see who you're interacting with beyond just a channel or a following. What made you think that you were the right person to begin writing on LinkedIn, and what is your sort of formula in creating a piece when you're when you're drafting something? So I didn't think that initially. I just wanted to see if I could help great lawyers tell great stories so I could match them with people who needed their help instead of going, say, to a fake lawyer. Maybe they could have ended up doing that instead of, say, meeting a Sue or meeting a Jim or meeting a Tyson. They they may have just gone to a fake lawyer. So I just thought if I'm just putting some effort into helping with this matching process, since I also can tell at a higher degree than a lay person what a great lawyer is based on my brief legal background, why don't I just try to do that? And that's how I just started with Sue. I just approached Sue and said, hey, we know each other from the Asian American Bar Association. Would you like me to help you work more on telling stories about your practice on this thing called LinkedIn? And she was like, oh, isn't LinkedIn a jobs platform? And in terms of just structure and my general approach, I try to take a storytelling angle and beyond just saying storytelling, it's about helping the person who has the problem you're trying to solve 
visualize themselves as the client, the person who's getting that problem solved by you. That is the approach. That is what you need to do in storytelling. You can't, you can't just, or at least I personally think that you shouldn't just spew out facts that all these other lawyers are spewing out. You should be talking about, okay, I, back in, or a couple of years ago, I had this client who had this problem and I solved this incredibly difficult problem using this process. And these were the emotions we felt throughout the experience. These were the hurdles we had to go through. Really walk the potential client through the journeys you've been on with people and how you've changed their lives. That is the core of my approach. With that, so there, there's there got to be some sort of angle with this when it comes to the actual setup of your profile, your LinkedIn profile, because that's a part of the story. So when people are looking into you, they're going to see that and they're, they're going to start to paint that picture. So are there certain things you can do when it comes to setup of your profile and your, your LinkedIn page that will help guide the story? Sure. So a good headline always helps. And this is for your profile, because that is the first piece of text besides your name that people see in your LinkedIn profile before they click into it. So you'll see an avatar, your name, and then below that is a piece of text that usually people use as a way to describe the current role. But then it could also just be something about what you do. So that is actually in YouTube or other platform lingo, the click-through. That is what affects the click-through rate into your profile, in addition to the post that probably engages this person. Within the profile itself, it just all the basics, of course, just trying to make sure all the basics are there, like education and professional experience. But beyond that, it's actually your LinkedIn posting history. You want to ideally have as many posts there as possible with a lot of engagement, or just show that you've regularly posted because it shows you actually care about your audience. That is also a big indicator to a lot of people that you're actually there to help and not just posting Every week because it's part of your, I don't know, SEO strategy or something like that. I know, I know LinkedIn's on optimized, uh, indexed, but you want to show that you actually care about the audience. You're actually talking to other people just like the person who clicked onto your profile. Those are the uh, two things that come to mind. One of the things that you and I've talked about is you have a very interesting view on, and, and this is maybe specifically with immigration attorneys, that the market and the connection between people that need legal services and the people that offer legal services, that that market is inefficient. So outside of LinkedIn, you have this whole thing that you've walked me through in your brain about how the the system's sort of out of whack. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I believe it's an access problem, not so much there are not enough good lawyers for people who need good lawyers. And it's also a trust problem in that you actually see a lot of potential clients trust people they thought were great lawyers. And it's be precisely because they trust these people that that is what leads them to fake lawyers. And if you look at the notorious problem that you and I, Jim, have talked about, they're usually family friends or even friends who say, I got my green card this way, so I can do it for you too. And then that's where the trouble starts. So it's an access problem. It's also a trust problem. Access in that people don't really know what the alternatives are besides family and friends. They don't really like the idea of just walking, well, a lot of people at least, especially immigrants, don't like the idea of just walking cold into a lawyer's office and demanding that their problem be solved. 
So they talk to friends and family. So as a result, they don't have that access that, say, you and I have. I can just go talk to old Davisville colleagues. I can talk to Asian American Bar Association lawyers, and I'd probably get a lawyer in the next two, three hours for most legal matters. But that's not the same for a lot of immigrants, many of whom maybe just came to this country. So they trust the wrong people, and they just don't have the access that could then replace that trust. So that's why trust becomes the only device to use to choose a lawyer. And as a result, many times they choose people who, they might be great people, but they just don't know how to do legal work. You make a lot of great points, Jason. I, I do want to shift gears a little bit because I, I, I think that this is the thing that I think most attorneys struggle with and people in general, whenever you're using a social media platform of any type for, for business purposes, right? It's It's taking the leap from telling the story like you're talking about to converting into an actual client. So what what are what are some things that people can do to make sure that they're able to to take that leap so that the client's able to take the leap from seeing your your LinkedIn post to actually becoming a client of yours? Sure. So one thing you should always include with every LinkedIn post is a call to action. So that's something I've I've only realized in the last year that that is also what you need for LinkedIn. Because I, I'm not sure this is a generalization. It, it, it probably is. But from what I've seen, not just immigrants, but a lot of people don't like to just randomly reach out to lawyers on LinkedIn. But if you give them permission by saying, hey, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at the end of your post, then you could be getting a lot more conversions because people are actually reaching out. Because people see, okay, you're not just telling a story. You're actually practicing law and that you are interested in new clients and solving new problems. So call to action is one way. Another way is to, I would say, comment, just reply to comments. So if you get lots of comments, sometimes you just keep get people liking. So people see, okay, I have like all these comments or 100 comments, I'm just going to like them. But you should be taking one step further and actually liking and then asking more questions about the person's problem. If they have a problem, maybe they might not. And then that might lead to a conversion into direct messages or even email for this person to talk more about their problem. So again, that's another way to convert. So those two things alone can dramatically increase, especially call to action, can dramatically increase your conversion rates on LinkedIn. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Jason Chung. He's here to talk about LinkedIn, how he works with lawyers who want to increase their exposure on LinkedIn. We have a good friend, a member of the Guild. His name is Marco Brown. He's a very successful family law attorney in Utah. And he does something interesting on LinkedIn. I don't know that you and I have ever spoken about this, but he gets a lot of his clients from referrals and and specifically younger attorneys. And so he, a lot of his posts start off with something like dear law student or dear new lawyer. And he talks not so much about family law. He talks about his struggles as a new attorney. He talks about building this really successful family law practice. And, and he's very relentless. He posts every single day. So what do you think of that strategy? Are you tired of the marketing guessing game? Does your website feel more like a digital billboard than a client magnet? If you're nodding along, you're not alone. And it's time to stop the uncertainty and start getting real results. 
Let's talk about your marketing spend. Are you just shelling out money every month and crossing your fingers? Do you ever wonder what impact your marketing is really having on your revenue? Well, it's time to take the guesswork out of the equation with Rise Up Media. We've been working with them for over a year and the feedback from our fellow members has been fantastic. Rise Up Media is here to take your marketing to the next level. They'll even perform a full audit of your online presence, giving you the good, the bad, and even let you in on what your competition is up to that you're missing out on. And the best part, there's no obligation, no catch, no pressure. If you decide to work with them, their contracts are month to month. That's right. No long-term commitments tying you down. So what are you waiting for? To learn more about how Rise Up Media can transform your firms, visit riseupmedia.com forward slash maxlaw and rise is spelled with a Z. Riseupmedia.com forward slash maxlaw. That is also a great approach because building your legal network can in itself lead to referral business. If you're an immigration lawyer, I, again, it's about having two different channels versus one. I, I would say try to have a direct connection to, and this is just for immigration lawyers. I, I'm not completely sure about how you would approach it as a family lawyer. Maybe you still have that direct contact, but then again, I'm, I have yet to see people directly reaching out and saying, I have this like huge family problem. Just to, to lawyer, they, they, uh, read a post about it on LinkedIn. Um, but for immigration law, that is a great approach too. And that is an approach I've seen Sue benefit from. She gets all these speaking engagements. She gets all these events. That is another great way to draw in business is to build trust amongst the legal community so that when someone has too much work or has work they don't work on, Say, for example, if you specialize in EB1A and then you get all these EB2 leads and you can't handle them, then maybe you could be directing it to someone within your LinkedIn network who you've seen hundreds of EB2 posts on. So that is absolutely a great approach to to build a strong legal network and get lawyers referring cases to you. I'm going to kind of stay in the same lane for a little bit. So I'm a personal injury lawyer. The way I've approached LinkedIn, well, first, first I will tell you this just it, I'm going to admit this. I don't like LinkedIn. <laughs> I've never enjoyed LinkedIn. I understand the usefulness of it. So I'll, I'll, for everyone saying, oh, you're crazy. I understand the usefulness. I just don't like going on LinkedIn. It's not a platform I like to hang out on. That's why we, we, we do have a strategy for it. It's just something that my, my involvement is very limited. But my viewpoint on it is, is that it's more for obtaining referral partners as opposed to getting direct clients from it. And so I'm, I'm actually seeking advice from you. Do you think that is the right approach or should I split my approach a little bit more, you know, the business to consumer a little bit and then also business to business or how, what's your, what are your thoughts on it? So I would do both, but I would have to understand more about your personal injury practice. And also I haven't worked with personal injury lawyers at all. I've spoken to a few, but in, in immigration, B2C is actually a very strong pipeline right now because there's so many tech professionals on LinkedIn right now who are looking for EB1A or other immigration benefits like NIW. For personal injury, I, I think it would really depend on really what kinds of leads you're looking for because I don't see that many personal injury lawyers talking about specific cases and stories on LinkedIn, but this is just my corner of LinkedIn. LinkedIn is huge. 
perhaps there is a lot of space for you to expand right now by being that personal injury lawyer who storytells, who talks about specific cases you've handled, of course, redacting all confidential information. But then by doing that, perhaps you will get the leads, the maybe hundreds or thousands of leads a month that are on LinkedIn who don't see this content who could then go to you. So that's potentially one way to capture all the B2C traffic. You make a really good point there too, because you're you're totally right. It's a lot of lot of chess beating that you that you see on LinkedIn that when it comes to personal injury attorneys, you don't see the people telling the stories. But the reality is from from the business standpoint for from my side is that the the higher end clients, the more valuable cases usually come from people that are injured that are professionals. And so you make a really good point that, you know, targeting those people, professionals on LinkedIn that maybe were injured could lead to higher end cases. So I I think that you make a really valuable point there. I might add there too, that, you know, besides being a personal injury lawyer, you're also a law firm owner, which means you're a business person. And there's plenty of business topics that you could talk about, about, you know, hiring and all the marketing, all the stuff we've learned over the years. You can talk about that on there too. And that's going to build a connection between you and other business owners. Totally. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's. I. I think what I struggle with is is just, do you do both, or do you stick with one lane, or not, or the not, but or not, or so I, I. I'm okay with splitting it up a little bit. I just worry about diluting the message a little bit. But if you think it's okay to do both, I'm more than happy to do both. It's great to do both because you just have two different audiences, then that you can just combine. Versus just constantly reaching the same kind of audience. If one audience tires out, then you can just go to the other audience and then you can just switch between the two continuously. Jason, can you talk a little bit, you touched on it, the necessity of responding to comments, but you have a whole other approach to when people do comment, if they're not a first degree connection, how you build, I mean, how you actually build the network. And that's the thing that really worked with us over time was, you know, the daily grinding of, you know, if seven people like your post and three of them you're connected to and four of them you're not, you send a connection request, hey, thanks for liking my post. You know, you want to talk about that? Sure. So so just think thank you is free and is it takes one second. And if someone takes time out of their day to read your content and actually puts a like, because a lot of people read it, they like it, but they never click like or react to it, then... They're already showing that I have a higher level of engagement than people who read it and liked it, but then react. So they could potentially have a reason for doing that. Maybe they need someone like you. Maybe they know someone who needs someone like you. Or maybe they want to make sure that they have someone like you in their network in case they ever need someone like you. So by connecting with them through a connection note, they're now more likely to see your post again because they now have you in their network and they react to your posts, so more more likely than not, your future posts are going to show up at the top of their feed. So when they start the scroll, they're going to see you first. And all this takes two minutes to do, because if it's four people, just say thank you for reading my post. We'll love to connect. And then if you really want to personalize that, you can say something about their profile or just add something personal there. But all that just takes two minutes of effort. But that could potentially lead to, let's say all of them converted. It could be four new cases. Could be eight if they know two family members have cases each. So it's eight cases. And that's all from two minutes of effort. Things you don't know until you do it. You can't know who has the leads and who doesn't. You can't know who has the case and who doesn't. So the only way is just to engage, but it's just two minutes. 
I love that. And I, I really like your approach. We are up against the time. So I, I want to give everyone the opportunity to, to be able to reach out to you if they've got questions or if they want to work with you because you do have a very effective approach. So if people want to reach out to you, how, how do they get a hold of you? My LinkedIn marketing practice has its own website. So it's ksjmarketing.com, ksj, and the marketing.com. And they can email me at jason at ksjmarketing.com. And we're also in the process of building an AI app that allows you to write your own posts just by talking to the app and it writes in your style and tone. So for that, that's www.linkmeai.com. So link as an L-I-N-K-B-M-E and then AI.com. And there's a wait list there if you want to sign up for our paid beta test. And that is where you can get access to the app for a much smaller fee than the KSG marketing fee. That is where you can start testing out our app. Just be sure to put Maximum Lawyer as the source whenever you sign up for the waitlist. But that is another place where you can find me for another way to write or regularly on LinkedIn. It's all about creating the resources so you can write on LinkedIn in not two, three hours a day, but 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Jason, for that part of the offer about working with you, I think a lot of lawyers might be intimidated by the time commitment they're looking at with LinkedIn. Can you explain just real quickly how the process actually works from getting stuff out of the lawyer's brain into an actual post? Like how much work do they have to actually do? So for most of my clients, I speak to them every week for 30 minutes. And that is just to ask questions, to draw material for five posts a week. And then all you have to do is at a certain day within the week, I just send over the posts and then you just review the posts and make edits. And if time really is a constraint resource for you, there's also an arrangement where we speak every two weeks. And in that arrangement, I would still try to meet the 20 posts because I wanted you to post every single day, 20 posts a month, but that would be 30 minutes every two weeks. So yeah, but generally speaking, it's meeting regularly for me to ask questions, to draw material for me to then write into story focused posts. Love it. So if anyone's interested, give, give Jason a ring, check him out. He's produces great results. So uh, check him out. Good stuff. Thank you, Jason. We are going to start to wrap things up before I do though. I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. There's just a lot, a lot of great information being shared daily, hourly, really in maximum lawyer. So check us out there. Just go to Facebook and search maximum lawyer. If you want a more high level conversation, we'd love to have you in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. And then If you will help us spread the love, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help us spread the word to attorneys that need it. All right, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? I'm not sure where this hack came from. It might have been Jason Selk. It might have been Atomic Habits, but it's the six-minute rule, which is if you find yourself done with a project and you have six minutes before your next meeting or more, then start on a project. If you want to goof around on the internet, only do it if you have time less than six minutes between events that's the time to do the silly stuff that you want to do just sort of relax during the day but if you have more than six minutes get to work and do something else
Jason Selk does have something similar to that. It depends on your level. So he's he's got it's it's a scale, but that that could come from I think multiple people. But Jason Jason's got something about that too. So cool. I that's something I use. Mine's mine's actually two minutes is what it is. So uh, if it's under two minutes, then. I, I won't do it, but if, it's, if I've got two minutes or more, then I'll do it. Jason, you are next. We always ask our guests to give a tip or hack for us. What you got for us? Sure. So always make the assumption that anyone you don't know would love to talk to you. 90% of the time, you're probably right. 10% of the time, they'll just tell you to go away. But then either way, you have nothing to lose. And that is how you expand your network very rapidly. You just go up to people and assume that they would love to talk to you. I like it. I like that a lot. I like the mindset shift too. That's uh, Sometimes it just changes your mind just a little bit. So that's really cool. All right. So mine is from a guy that I don't know who this guy is, to be honest with you. His name's Dickie Bush. I took a screenshot. But he posted this thing on X and he says, two pieces of advice for the t- average 20-year-old. Do not follow your passion unless your passion is becoming not broke. That part, I don't. I care less about because I'm not 20 anymore. But the next one is your parents are going to age rapidly much faster than when you were growing up. Call them more. And that was the one that kind of hit home with me because I have noticed that my parents are – they're like rapidly aging. And it's like one of those things where like – it's like it, it is one of those things where like I want to reach out to them more. So one of, one of it is call your mom, call your dad. But the other thing is like th- same thing for colleagues too. Like that that same principle applies to your colleagues. So reach out to your your colleagues more, especially your your older colleagues. Your your career will end before you know it. You'll be at, yeah, at retirement before you know it, and then you're gonna miss all these times. So enjoy enjoy the times you're in and and reach out. Jim wants to say something so badly. I think Tyson's calling me old. Oh, <laughs> I was not referencing you, Jimbo, but you are you are about 20 years older than I am. But yes, always, always reach out to the colleagues, stay in touch with them. But uh, Jason, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on LinkedIn. Uh, hopefully people will reach out to you because you, you do have a wealth of knowledge. And, and thanks for sharing that with our people. Thank you for having me, Jim. Thank you for having me, Tyson. Thanks, bud. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.